Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. For police forces across Europe, it was the Holy Grail. They said it would be like cracking the Enigma code. If they could hack into the secret communication system used by international criminal networks, then they'd be able to disrupt crime all over the world. But the encrypted EncroChat phones these criminals used were notoriously secure. A series of firecrackers marked the start of an armed raid to capture a key figure in London's criminal underworld. It's part of the country's biggest ever crackdown on organised crime. Then, last summer, it happened. European police forces infiltrated the EncroChat phone system, leading to more than a 1,000 arrests across Europe in a round of coordinated raids. We're talking about hundreds of hundreds of thousands of messages. The hack began on April the 1st, 2020, and the National Crime Agency in the UK then started receiving all this data. As many of those arrested are now facing court, who were the kingpin criminals caught out on EncroChat? And what were they saying to each other when they thought nobody was listening? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, inside EncroChat, the criminal chat app. EncroChat hack was one of the most successful policing operations ever conducted in the UK and led to almost 750 arrests in this country alone. One of those arrested was a man called Thomas Mayher. Thomas Mayher ostensibly is a family man. He's just turning 40 and he's got a family, a wife, three teenage children. He lives in Warrington in the northwest of England. His neighbours probably notice the uh, quite flashy cars he's got on his drive, but otherwise it's a fairly modest house. David James Smith is a writer for the Sunday Times magazine. But unbeknown to his neighbours, I imagine, he's in fact a major drug trafficker and money launderer with very strong ties to organised crime groups, particularly in Ireland. 40-year-old Mayher's role in the criminal world was that of a fixer, a sort of go-between. At his sentencing, Judge David Aubrey told Mayher he was an extremely important cog in the wheel of the distribution of Class A drugs internationally. He's believed to have been operating for two decades now. 
So you've got somebody who wants to bring in a load of drugs and Maher's got access to people with lorries and he knows all the places on the lorries where the drugs can be hidden or indeed if it's the money coming back the other way after the drugs have been sold then he knows again where the money can be put on the lorries for uh, safety and he discusses all this quite openly about the places where the deals are going to be arranged where the drugs are going to be handed over in Holland and then where the money in Ireland is going to be passed on so that it can be secured and hopefully not found from his point of view by the authorities. And what was he doing as lockdown began? He is busily engaged in those enterprises, drug dealing, money laundering, essentially from his home. He was quite observant of lockdown. He's got long-standing health issues. I think he had a stroke when he was about 23. He's got other health conditions. He's a little overweight. And so he's trying to look after himself as well as conducting his uh, drug and money laundering business. It's quite unusual to know quite so much about exactly what was going on in his life and inside his head, really, at that time. But you've got quite a rare insight. Well, he was using his EncroChat phone to organise drug importations and money laundering going back the other way. So most of the drug importations were going from the mainland, particularly from Holland, the place that he called in his slang flat, for obvious reasons, using very rich language in which Spain was sun and north was Northern Ireland, BG was Bulgaria, and then you had the drugs. Cocaine was called Tops or Posh, and heroin was known as Bobs, and ecstasy was known as Polly, and cannabis was known as Jackets. If you wanted to trade in firearms, discuss firearms, you call them bits. Or if you wanted to discuss hand grenades, as you might do from time to time, then you would call them apples or pineapples. Apples or pineapples for, for hand grenades. That's correct. Mayher was only able to talk about hand grenades and drug drops so openly because he was communicating using a heavily encrypted phone. It's a very modern form of technology, perfectly suited to criminals. The theory is that it's unbreakable, that no one can get inside the phone, that it can't be hacked. So criminals have started using these phones in large numbers. And for Maher, even though he uses a slang and a kind of code in his messaging, he essentially feels safe that no one else is listening in. All of this is being discussed on EncroChat. And just just to sort of clarify, I mean, what exactly is it? Is it sort of something you have on an ordinary phone? Is it like WhatsApp? How, how do those phones work? Well, EncroChat looks like an ordinary Android phone. They use various models at different times, the makers of EncroChat. But a popular phone is called a BQ Aquarius, which is a Spanish model of Android. And to all intents and purposes, it looks like an ordinary Android phone, and you can boot it up, but it doesn't work. All the functionality has been disabled. Turning on the other operating system, you'll be able to, of course, tap into a network used by criminals around the world. Some of the other things here, we're talking about um, removing the phone's camera, removing the GPS tracker, even removing the USB port on the device to make sure that it itself was effectively untraceable. If you boot it up by pressing the uh, volume up and volume down and uh, start key all at once, then it boots up into this hidden version of the phone, which is called the EncroChat operating system. I think you need to enter a first one password and then another password, and that takes you inside the functionality of the EncroChat system. 
It was an encrypted phone network relied upon by criminals around the world. And in fact, Europol, the European police agency, didn't hold back in saying it was a criminal technology network. And really, there were two types of usage. There was a voiceover internet protocol voice app, but I don't think that uh, criminals tended to use that. They mostly used the messaging. And apparently, it looked you know, just like WhatsApp messaging, but obviously, importantly, it was uber encrypted. It was billed as uh, you know, something that the police just couldn't hack into. Obviously, lots of people have developed over time and tried to develop different forms of encrypted communication that criminals could use. But this was the one that caught people's imagination. At the time of Mayher's activities, there were about 60,000 in use around the world and about 9,000 in use in the UK. And they were very much favoured by the highest level of criminals, real organised crime groups. Tell us a bit more about the EncroChat itself. Where does one go to buy an EncroChat phone? You would need to be in the know to be able to buy them. And many of the distributors were criminally connected themselves and they cost hundreds and hundreds of pounds to buy. And then you have to buy the contracts that also, you know, cost well over a thousand pounds a quarter or something. But of course, if you're making thousands, thousands of pounds a week on drug dealing and money laundering, then that's an expense well worth making to protect your business. Now, Mayer is is using these phones to organise proper criminal acts. Clearly, he thought he was able to do that with a degree of sort of security, and he was doing it completely encrypted and in secret. How do you know what's been going on? How do you seem to know so clearly what he was up to? The police, particularly in this country, the National Crime Agency, were aware that these phones were in existence. Around 2015-2016, the phone was in use among criminals. There was a particular assassination, a gangland assassination in associated with Liverpool and Manchester criminals in which the phones were used. Of course, the police couldn't get inside the phones, so they could see that criminals were using them to communicate but they hadn't had any means of obtaining the messages. So one of the things about the phone is that they have automatic burn facilities so that all messages within the phone are deleted. They have a special button that you can press to delete the messages. So they really are very secure. And the police, even if they got hold of one, they wouldn't have been able to get inside it. And the other thing is that lots of the criminals who were using them didn't know who each other were. So you could only use them by mutual consent with the other user and you all had nicknames so instead of Thomas Mayher using his name he was known to other EncroChat users as satirical they too would have their own nicknames so you effectively be in communication without really knowing who the person was so a degree of trust I suppose was involved and over time the police learned something about this and the National Crime Agency in the UK were very keen to try and find a way to hack into the phones. But then they discovered that actually the French were ahead of them. The French and the Dutch police had formed this joint investigation team and the French had discovered that EncroChat were using servers in northern France. French police had managed to hack into EncroChat's servers and install malware directly on the users' handsets, collecting millions of seemingly secure messages. So basically, they created an implant, an update that they could put inside this server that will be sent to all the EncroChat phones that were in use. Sort of in the way that you get updates on your phone and they would have just downloaded it without realising. Exactly. And it was probably hidden so that they couldn't see it. And built inside this update, this implant, was the mechanism to harvest all the 
historical data that was available. So all the contact details, all the messages that hadn't previously been burnt, deleted and send those and then also start sending all the messages that were being communicated with other EncroChat phones almost in real time. And people are using EncroChat phones all over the world. So you've suddenly got the inside track on a web of criminality. Absolutely. I mean, and it's huge as well. I mean, we're talking about hundreds of hundreds of thousands of messages. The hack began on April the 1st, 2020. And the National Crime Agency in the UK then started receiving all this data from the French. And they devised this computer program to sort the information. And then the National Crime Agency were disseminating the information to police forces across the UK. It actually became the biggest and most significant police operation ever mounted in the UK and was codenamed Operation Venetic. If you want to know more about the NCA's investigation and how they reeled in criminals across the country, then do have a listen to our podcast back in October titled Inside Operation Venetic. And at that stage, it was agreed between all the different policing bodies the law enforcement agencies, that they wouldn't act on the information, except, of course, that some of the information that was coming was disclosing serious acts of violence that were being planned and were about to be carried out. So it was agreed that if there were threats to life, that the police would act immediately. But otherwise, they would just simply use the data for intelligence until the EncroChat hack by the French police became known and then they would move to make arrests. For over two months, the police just gathered intelligence only acting on what they were seeing in cases of immediate threats. But that changed on June the 13th, 2020, when across the world, thousands of EncroChat phones were buzzing. EncroChat had realised there'd been a hack and sent out an urgent message to all users. Today, we had our domain seized illegally by government entities. Due to the level of sophistication of the attack and the malware code, we can no longer guarantee the security of your device. We took immediate action on our network by disabling connectivity to combat the attack. You are advised to power off and physically dispose of your device immediately. Well, it was an incredible moment. I think it had been foreseen that it would come sooner or later. There are various theories about it. There's a lot of conspiracy theory, obviously, around all this. So some people think it's impossible that uh, EncroChat didn't know that the phones were being hacked. But ostensibly, no one knew. For instance, there was a small body of officers at the National Crime Agency who were carrying out surveillance of Thomas Maher. And they had seen that Maher was very cautious. So even though he had one of these phones, he didn't believe it could be broken. He never took it home with him at night. They believed that he hid it somewhere outside his house. And yet at the same time, he was using that phone to take pictures of himself in his home, which would make attribution of the phone to him very easy later on. So he wasn't as smart as he thought he was in that way. But of course, he didn't realise that the police were harvesting all the messages and the picture messages that he sent. So on June the 13th, the police decided that they'd got to act very quickly. Having been following Mayher, I mean, they got to know him really well through all this messaging. They were telling me it was like Christmas when the messages started coming in and they were able to find out in great detail what he was doing and how he was planning his various operations. Do we know what they learnt in the course of those couple of months when they suddenly had this amazing window on his world? They learnt a huge amount of detail about the way he was uh, planning his drug 
trafficking arrangements. The reason that the police became particularly interested in Mayher in the first place was because he had owned the lorry that was pulling the truck in which 39 Vietnamese migrants died in Essex in October 2019. Two men have been found guilty of the manslaughter of 39 Vietnamese men, women and children who suffocated inside a lorry trailer as they were smuggled into Britain last October. Although he'd sold that, truck previously to an Irish criminal. So it was still registered in Mayher's name. That was what alerted the National Crime Agency, particularly to Mayher in the first place. And after he was arrested in relation to the, the deaths of the migrants. And then after that, they started really focusing on him and trying to work out what he was up to. So once these messages started coming in after the 1st of April 2020, they began to get a lot more detail about the plans he was making, who he was engaging with, the kinds of places on lorries where he'd hide the drugs. When you're sending money back, obviously it's money that's changed hands multiple times, been used by people who are buying and selling drugs. So you vacuum seal the money after having it cleaned. So it's literally laundered. <laughs> I didn't know that was a process. <laughs> Apparently it's to stop the sniffer dogs detecting it. Oh, wow. Because it must have drug residue or something. Exactly. All very ingenious. They say crime doesn't pay, but Mayher certainly seemed to be enjoying living off the proceeds of his nefarious activities. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of pounds. And it meant that he had a good lifestyle. He was having a lot of money. He was buying very <laughs> expensive watches. He was buying uh, first-class holidays living at large, as I think they would say, and uh, used this great expression. He said that he considered himself to be very canny. And as he put in a message to somebody, I know the way of plays. I know how everything works. I know how it all goes. But he did have these particular health issues. So I think as time went on, he became suspicious that the authorities, the National Crime Agency in particular, might arrest him. Of course, he was right. That's exactly what they're intending to do. But he was discussing in messages how he might try and escape. He was saying he wouldn't need a passport. He would just hide on one of his lorries and go to France. And on one occasion, he actually set out to do that. But because of this condition known as plantar fasciitis that he has, which is a condition that affects your feet, and it means that it's very difficult for you to walk. So he literally couldn't walk to the vehicle to uh, to begin this escape to Europe. So he was kind of trapped in his home and, uh, you know, sitting out lockdown, waiting for things to get better. That must have been quite a relief for the police. Yes, absolutely. That He was still there waiting for them when they turned up to arrest him. And by the way, they never, ever found his EncroChat phone. So they do not know Really? What it's still it. hidden yeah. out there somewhere? Yes. In fact, he, he changed phones just not, not long before his arrest. And his new phone had the nickname Snacker. And they thought at first that he must have rumbled, that they were listening to him. But then in messages, they discovered that he got cross with uh, one of his teenage children. He'd thrown the phone at them, his original phone, and that had broken, so he'd had to buy a, a new one. So he's a uh, human, just a cross parent like so many of us. Well, that's a very cross parent. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, to be honest, all that don't... alone is alarming before <laughs> yeah, you get exactly. on to the rest of the criminality. Coming up... Where did EncroChat come from and how did it become the criminal's phone system of choice? Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. EncroChat was billed as the perfect phone system for criminals with two-factor authentication processes and the ability to delete everything at the press of a button. But its origins are still shrouded in mystery. People thought it must have started in Europe because of the European connection. But in fact, it appears to have its origins in Canada. And I found this chap in Canada. His name is Douglas Pear. And he had formed a company about 2009 called Esoteric Communications. And that company had Pear and two other Canadian uh, nationals as, as its directors. The other two were both gang affiliated. One was shot and killed subsequently, and the other one died of a drugs overdose, having survived an attempted shooting. But Pear, who's still alive and kicking, had registered the name of a company called Esocrypt, in 2011, and EsoCrypt was the name that EncroChat was known as before it became EncroChat. Did it do all the same things? I think it was a sort of prototype that it was while the software was being developed that they had this name. Mm. And it gets a bit confusing, the story. So I encountered this reputable Canadian telecommunications businessman who told me that he'd had some dealings with the people behind EncroChat. And he said that they first approached him in about 2013 and they were looking for distributors for the business. And as far as he was concerned, it had a sort of legitimate veneer about it. It was then called EsoCrypt. He never met Douglas Pear. He named to me two other Canadian citizens who I haven't named in my article because I wasn't able to track them down and I wasn't able to put to them the claims that were being made about them. But, but apparently these people were the, the people who'd originated the EncroChat. They were looking for people to distribute it, but not for criminal purposes. Well, I suspect that there, there was a criminal purpose. Because it does seem like it's singularly well designed. For, yes, exactly. For secretive criminal purposes. Um, yeah, I've heard arguments made that it could be used by celebrities who wanted to be able to conduct private communications, by private security firms, by businesses who want to, you know, keep their dealings from competitors. But the National Crime Agency have repeated again and again that they've yet to find any legitimate user. So you've got this legitimate Canadian businessman who's do, having some dealings with these people. He's flown to Europe with them. He's had business meetings and they are developing this, you know, EncroChat. 
And then all of a sudden, in 2014, they go offshore. Suddenly, everything overnight changes. The atmosphere becomes more threatening, as this businessman describes it. And indeed, Esocrypt and then subsequently EncroChat is registered as an offshore business in Panama. That's where so many financial trails stop. (laughs) Exactly. So it goes offshore, basically. And the directors are nominees from a a law firm in Panama City in Panama. And I made contact with the law firm and they were saying, yes, that they had been the firm involved in the setting up of this company, but they'd had to withdraw from it because they could no longer contact the person of origin who'd set up the business with them. And I don't know who that was. Uh, Maybe in time we'll be able to get to the bottom of it. Douglas Pear, the person that I had contacted, denied any knowledge of what had happened subsequently with this company that he created, Esoteric Communications, and its association with Esocrypt, which became EncroChat. So we just don't know. But meanwhile, their banking, I think, moved from Canada to Luxembourg. Somebody has made millions and millions from this because, I mean, the cost of those phones, 60,000 of them in circulation. But you can just imagine there's an absolute fortune has been made somewhere. For the police, who'd managed to infiltrate the EncroChat system and were sifting through a daily flow of messages, they knew it wouldn't be long before the criminals realised they'd been hacked. The operation was a ticking time bomb. Definitely. I mean, I think that they knew that it was, you know, it was time sensitive, time limited. So there would come a time they'd all have to move quite quickly. When the time came, police forces across Europe swooped in at the same time, carrying out more than a 1,000 arrests, almost 750 of them in the UK alone. More than two tonnes of drugs, weapons and £54 million were seized from criminal networks in this country. It was one of the most effective police operations ever mounted, as the Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police, Cressida Dick, explained. This is an amazing moment, I think, for um, UK policing and UK law enforcement. We have been able to uh, hit the most senior levels of organised crime uh, where it hurts most, getting people arrested, seizing their cash, uh, stopping their distribution networks in a way that I have literally never seen before. On June the 13th, on the day that the hack was disclosed, they went to arrest Mayher, but he had already disposed of his phone, so they never found his phone. But because they had all the messages that he'd been sending, they had him, as we would say, bang to rights. Mayher was eventually charged with and pleaded guilty to two offences of drug importation and two in relation to money laundering. But the police say really that's all. The National Crime Agency say that's the tip of the iceberg, that he was involved in dozens, sometimes multiple arrangements in the course of a week. There were almost like specimen charges for a much wider pattern of criminal behaviour. So what's happened to Thomas Mayher at the end of it? Well, Mayher appeared for sentencing early in the new year, 2021, and he was given a sentence of 14 years and eight months in prison. I think the National Crime Agency would feel that that was a fitting sentence for somebody of his level of criminality. And they were saying, too, that his lifestyle was over for his family. All the wealth that they have will be seized. No more expensive holidays? No, absolutely not. So not for a long time anyway. But not only did the police never find Mayer's encrypted phone, they never managed to locate some of his other prized possessions either. 
one of the things that Mayhew had done is obviously you've got to convert all this uh, cash that you get. So he appears to have been buying luxury watches. I think that there were four that the National Crime Agency thought were worth in the region in, in, altogether of a half a million pounds. And they have never found them. They don't know where they are. They wow. saw his pictures of them and they knew that he bought them. He's got them stashed away somewhere. A bit of a nest egg for his family. Yes, maybe if he can get away with it. Hacking the EncroChat system has allowed the authorities to disrupt crime on an industrial scale. It's allowed them to understand the inner workings of criminal networks that stretch across the world, and it's led to hundreds of arrests and the seizure of extraordinary levels of drugs, weapons and money. But the hack has brought legal problems of its own. It's also created among some defence lawyers some concerns about how the information was obtained and whether the correct legal procedures were followed. So there's been a series of legal challenges to the admissibility of the messages as evidence in future trials. That's interesting. Well, why is that? Is it because it's hacked? Yes, essentially. German defence lawyer Ulrich Sommer represents several people charged with crimes following the EncroChat trades. I have a right to telecommunications, as does any citizen. This can only be interfered with if certain conditions are met, such as there being an initial suspicion against me. I assume that in this case, all conceivable rules have been disregarded. So, in strict terms, you are not supposed to intercept communications so you know the police aren't allowed to listen in to this conversation that you and I are having now or if they do they're and they have good reason to do it they're not allowed to use it as evidence in court but if you take the information from a phone device then that's called uh, targeted equipment interference and that can be legitimate as evidence. And that's what the National Crime Agency was saying was what they've done in this case, that they've taken the information from the phones. And defence lawyers are saying, no, 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 that's not correct. What you've done is you've intercepted the messages as they were in communication between two phones. So there's been a lot of very fine legal discussion about whether the information was on the phone or between the phones at the time that it was intercepted. I mean, absolutely fascinating legal debate. The Lord Chief Justice himself was involved. He presided over a hearing in uh, February, upholding a decision in favour of the National Crime Agency. But there are other legal challenges ongoing. Lots of trials are on hold pending the outcome of these hearings. Tell me how important the legal challenges have been to you as a journalist. There's been a lot of discussion about the mechanisms by which this famous hack was conducted. So even in the judgments which are reportable of the court, uh, a lot of information has been disclosed, which has brought into the public domain some of the detail which had been obscured previously. The authorities are always reluctant to give too much away. But in the course of these hearings and in the written decisions of the court, we've learned so much about what happened. It's the most extraordinary event in policing, I think, for a very long time. I can't think of an equivalent event. And it's going to uh, occupy a criminal justice court time for a long time to come. Do we know what's happened to the people behind EncroChat now? Well, certainly the people that I began looking for, who I believe were involved at least in the early days of EncroChat and possibly right up uh, through the duration, effectively disappeared off the face of the earth. 
I had a, an address in the Dominican Republic where I thought one of them might be. I tried, you know, various means to make contact with them. They have a partner who's involved in a charity. I tried tracking them down through that, but I haven't been able to make any contact with them. And then there's this other chap who seems to have sort of cleansed himself completely of any internet presence whatsoever, which is kind of fascinating in itself that you can do that in this day and age. So it's almost as if you don't exist it's kind of weird, he sort of ghosted himself. So I found his name. There was a data log of all the people who'd played golf on uh, golf courses in the United Arab Emirates, and his name appeared there. It's a very unusual name, very distinctive, and he'd played around the golf at this golf course. And funny enough, somebody said to me that they'd heard this person might be in uh, Dubai. So that all sort of fitted in a way. Uh, of course, you'd love to track him down, and uh, he's got relatives who are in Canada. I saw a little newspaper cutting that suggested that he'd been present at a family funeral. But other than that, you know, this chap, where is he? Who is he? I don't know. Fascinating. And you're right, this does feel like a huge moment in the history of policing. It's across the world, really. It's had such a huge impact. But how long until the next EncroChat appears? You know, is there going to be an updated version? Will they all be buying a different phone in five minutes' time? Or do you think it's burnt so many of them that actually they won't even attempt a communication system like that again? In fact, there's already been a, a similar event against another form of encrypted communication called Sky ECC, which was also recently broken into by the police in mainland Europe. There's always going to be the need for encrypted communications. Obviously, very tricky if you're a criminal planning wrongdoing. You can't be doing that on regular messaging. So you want something that protects your discussions. And, you know, very difficult in this modern day to conduct criminality without using some kind of electronic communication. And that makes you vulnerable to being uh, listened in on by the authorities. So you're always to be looking for ways to protect your information. It's probably still going on. There will be another anchor chat. Absolutely, yeah. There's people probably discussing uh, our Encro chat story today on their new encrypted phone system. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Sunday Times magazine writer, David James Smith. You can read more of David's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. The producer today was Edward Drummond. The executive producer is Poppy Damon. And sound design was by Tom Birchall. If there's a story that you'd like us to look into, if you have any ideas for future episodes, or any thoughts on what you've just heard, then please do get in touch. You can send us an email to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Have a lovely weekend. 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 